Hey guys, welcome back to Divine Healing by D. Today I have on Kim Coots. She's an astrologist, shaman, evidential medium. She's been a Inc. 500 award-winning leader, succeeding in the business world for over 25 years, but she had a change in her career. Spirit came calling for her and her gifts awakened in 2004 when she was uh, visited by her grandfather. She was skeptical, uncomfortable. I mean, a lot of us have been there. And unfortunately, she dealt with the tragic loss of her only child, Kira, dying from an accidental uh, drug overdose and learning how to connect with Kira on the other side and finding proof of life after death became her greatest desire. She spent years researching ADC, studying mediumship and developing a new relationship with Kira. Uh, she had no intention of providing evidential mediumship readings to others, but her training and certification required it. So she's become very passionate about serving as a pro professional evidential medium when she witnessed just how profoundly healing and validating the mediumship readings were both to living and spirit people. So now she shares her gifts with us and she's completed all three levels of Deborah Silverman's highly acclaimed School of Astrology. And she's a professional astrologist. She's uh, completed her training at the world-renowned Fort Wynn Society's Energy Medicine Program. And she received her Shema uh, certification from Dr. Alberto Villoldo and she provides her readings, astrology readings, shamanic healing sessions to people to connect with their loved ones and hopes they find healing and purpose and she so graciously agreed to come on this podcast so here is Kim. Did you always know that you'd be in this field being a psychic and reading others? No, I did not. In fact, most of my career has been, for the past 30 years, has been as a corporate executive. And I, I practiced spiritual healing and was a spiritual healer kind of in the closet, but not to the level that I, that I thought I would be today and, and not coming out of the closet. I like that term. That was me for a while as well. But I just, yeah. I had to get out. <laughs> I had to be. <laughs> So did your Let's, background in business, do you think it helped you or hindered you to be a medium? How did that work? Today, I would say it helped me. Back then, you know, in the beginning, I, I, I felt it was more of a, um, a block. But I see today how it's helped me because the skepticism that I had around it, around, you know, coming out of the closet and um, – especially around mediumship in general. I'm, I would say I've always been spiritually centered, but mediumship was something that I wasn't comfortable with. But being in the business world, which is very data-driven and fact-based, when you get into the realm of communicating with people who have died and you can mm -hmm. now communicate with them on the other side, my skepticism actually helped me pursue it because I wow. wanted proof. I see. Okay. And do you, do you think you have a specialty? Is there a specific like specialty in your mediumship that you have or something that you feel like you'd like to do more of? Um, well, I would say just in general, my, 
my personal experience and bringing it into my mediumship, you know, some mediums haven't had a significant loss in their lives. It's, it's a, you know, mediumship is a gift that they, that they bring to serve. I have a, a personal, I have several deaths in my life, but, you know, a personal tragedy that I think helps me be able to connect with people on a, a different level. And I, I'm also a shamanic healer. So I use shamanic healing techniques to help people with transforming or mending those wounds of grief. So a little bit different, different um, offerings that I bring that not everyone does. Right. Is there anything that you feel like has held you back with that loss in the practice? Is there anything, anything that's held me back from? Yeah. So from your practice, from your mediumship because of that loss? Or it's just been positive? Oh, oh yeah. No, it, it's definitely not been a positive <laughs> experience. Um, my, the, the loss that really set me on this journey was the unexpected death of my daughter. Yeah. I'm so sorry she for died. that. Thank you. She, unfortunately, like so many young people nowadays, uh, died from a, taking a drug that she didn't know was laced with fentanyl. And mm-hmm. she's my only child, and she's my world. And it was such a devastating experience that can't be put into words. But she began sending me signs right after she passed. And mm-hmm that's really what kind of started me on, on this journey. But I was very, I think this is kind of the turning point too, bringing it back to that question about skepticism is instead of letting that skepticism be the resistance, I Mm -hmm. turned it into discernment and started exploring it. I love that. Yes. So when you started, how did you feel when you started getting those signs from her? Was there some kind of, relief or how how was it yeah it was kind of a a, an inner conflict because I was so relieved and so happy and so excited and overjoyed but then the other side of me was like are you just making this up because you're desperate are you going crazy like there was this inner conflict that was really difficult to to navigate but yeah the 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 signs were just so in my heart, had no doubt that it was my daughter, Aww. but that skeptical side of me needed right. more and more and more and more proof. So I set on this journey to to get that proof and continue getting that proof. And the more proof I got, the more I wanted. And now, years later, I can say, you know, I've I've shifted that of not needing all the proof because I, right. I got what I needed there. Beautiful. Well, what tips would you give to growing mediums that are or are going to be dealing with something like that? Well, what I've, what I've encountered with other mediums on my journey is, you know, some, some of them have always seen uh, people on the other side since they were young and some haven't. So if, if, depending on where that is, you know, if you're, if you are in the closet, I would encourage you to really tune into how healing mediumship is for people who are grieving the loss of a loved one like that has been the biggest healing gift because even though I'm a I'm a medium I didn't I didn't know that until I started this personal journey with the loss of my daughter Mm -hmm. receiving healing or receiving readings from mediums have been such a healing experience for me so keeping in mind the healing power of it and 
you know, if you haven't seen spirits since you were young, I didn't either. And it mm-hmm. awakened in me. So just trusting in that and knowing that it is real and um, exploring how you want to bring that gift into the world to serve people. That's amazing. Yeah. Are there any misconceptions in your opinion of being one, being a medium? Yes. I'm, in fact, I was on the other side of that. You know, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. I was always uncomfortable about mediumship before my personal tragedy. And I think that really stemmed from what I saw or what I knew of mediums. Like a lot of times it's through horror movies where it seems like they're always involved in some kind of, you know, evil thing going on or communicating with bad spirits or, you know, things like that or how TV shows depict them. So I really didn't have a a good understanding of what mediumship was. And I didn't even know what evidential mediumship was or that it even existed. So Mm -hmm. really exploring it and studying it and researching it helped me shift my, you know, misconception of it. And I think it's, it's really relevant out there still, you know, that people are skeptical of it or, when you think of the big movies like Ghost with Patrick Swayze mm-hmm. and Demi Moore and, and how the medium in that was deceiving them, you know, to make money. So I think that's a misconception too is, you know, there's not a high level of trust. How do you find someone that you trust? And that's exactly. why I love evidential mediumship because evidential mediumship involves bringing validating evidence that the medium could not have known about that loved one in spirit and sharing that with a living loved one to be validated. And there's just no way that the medium could know that. So I was overjoyed to discover that there's something called evidential mediumship. Yeah. And does that also include um, holding objects and uh, saying what you feel from them? Is that included in evidential mediumship? It can be. There's, There's different avenues of how a medium can receive information. It can be know of all of the different intuitive senses you know the gift of sight or clairvoyance Mm -hmm. just knowing it or claircognizance holding something you know that that feeling of it can um, deliver evidence as well so that's one way but it doesn't mean that everybody has that that way or, or preferred method of it but it is definitely one of the the ways that you can absolutely and do you think we're all medium I think we all have the capacity to be, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of so, it has to do with awakening your intuition and, and having the intention for it and learning and practicing it. So with with that intention and commitment, I think anybody can become a medium. And a lot of people, a lot of mediums that I've connected with have mm-hmm. learned how to become a medium and weren't born that way. Awesome. So mentor that's also very important to have a mentor i think yes. personally. i wouldn't have been able absolutely to do that. yep I've, yeah. I've i have several mentors and learn different things from each of them and you know this this is a, a kind of an art you know just like if you were to go to a a doctor or you know any kind of service provider even yeah. though they all practice a similar you know concept or for a similar purpose they all have a different way of doing it and different different uh, people they connect with and different experience that you receive from it. So So you're also an astrologer. Tell us how you got into astrology. That was fascinating also. Yeah. Well, I 
I didn't grow up with astrology either. I wasn't someone who read horoscopes or anything, but in my corporate career, I I knew that I was supposed to do something else. And, you know, being in the spiritual closet for so long, I really felt, you know, pulled into that, that line of service, but I was too afraid to, because I had built this carefully crafted career that felt secure, even though I wasn't fulfilled. And one day I, I had several of my male business colleagues tell me about this astrologer who they got readings from and helped them with insight into their life and their business. And I got really curious about her. So I, I looked her up. Her name is Deborah Silverman. And I noticed she was a psychologist, but also an astrology teacher. And I love yeah. psychology because I love figuring out how my mind works. So I signed up for yeah. her school, her astrology school, just to learn more about myself and kind of figure out why am I here and who am I? And I was just blown away by how impactful that was for me and giving my, like understanding myself and giving myself permission to be me that I went on to take all, all levels of her astrology school and became a professional astrologer. I used to read hers all the time. I think she's basically the pioneer, right? Yeah, yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> she's amazing. Is there anything else that you would like to learn, anything new that you'd like to add to your practice that you haven't yet? Oh, I am constantly learning, constantly, Love constantly. It. I'm, I'm a, I'm a learner. <laughs> so I can see, you know, I, <laughs> I just kind of follow that and see where it goes next. You know, then there's so many different types of mediumship, but there's so many different types yeah. of um, shamanic healing. So I've, I'm currently studying Celtic shamanism because I have a Celtic uh, heritage, and although a lot of the practices are, you know are similar, the foundational practices, studying cultural shamanism has is, is been pretty cool and learning the different different ways that different cultures practice shamanic healing. I, you know, I've always wondered, and I love to ask other people uh, this, but why is there such a taboo or people are scared of the word shaman or like they mm-hmm. don't want to who is a shaman. Can you explain that? Because I've never really been able to figure that out. Yeah, I was I was in the same boat when I first came across it. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember being a burnt out corporate executive looking at, you know, what other he- spiritual healing things can I do to help with this corporate burnout that I have? And I mm-hmm. came across something called shamanic healing. And that word shamanic was very scary to me. I'm like, that doesn't sound good. Um, so there's that misconception, you know, there again. And so I started exploring, you know, what is a shaman? And basically shamans are the medicine men and women from ancient times, you know, back that way back then, 60,000 years ago, medicine men and women were how humanity worked with finding, getting guidance on what, what to do and where to go and healing methods. And um, the word shaman means one who sees in the dark. Mm-hmm. And I, I attribute them to being really the first mediums. They, they had one foot in the, the physical world and one foot in the spirit world and help bridge those together and, and help their tribes and communities to survive and heal and thrive. And modern day, the modern day shaman is, or shamanism or shamanic healing is working with the, the spirit world for healing and guidance and protection just in a different way than 60,000 years ago because we don't have the same, the same experience as humans that we did back then. But 
to me, to sum it up, I would say a shaman is, is someone who helps humanity, is a, is a instrument for spirit to help humanity with healing and guidance and protection. Well said. Thank you for explaining that. Uh, so I wanted to go back to, you know, your last career and switching careers. How, did you get a lot of judgment? I'm sure you did. And how do you deal with it? Well, I had I had instances in the past when I when I was brave enough to to start putting my spiritual healing work out there because I had my own healing practice, but I kept it really local and small. And I'm like, I'm going to put a website out there and teach an online course. And I started selling those right away, and I was so excited. And one of my corporate clients must have been Googling me and found out. Uh, found my spiritual healing website and reached out to me and said, what is this? So I shut everything down and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to blow up my, my career. I can't do this. And I, I stopped. So that was, that experience kind of kept replaying in my head every time I'd want to step out. And my, my desire to serve and understanding how deeply difficult it is when you lose a significant loved one really just made me say, I have to go do this. And mm. even though I was afraid of that, because I'm thinking my business colleagues are, are just going to tell me I'm crazy. And yes, I did get a lot of blank stares when I told people right. about it or it came out, but it really wasn't as bad as I thought. The way that I actually came out of the closet as a medium was I was doing a podcast interview for one of my business clients who is an entrepreneur and had an entrepreneur podcast. So I'm doing a podcast teaching entrepreneurs things, and they, his co-host happened to discover my my mediumship website, and that's kind of how it started. Wow. <laughs> but I realized that, yeah, and all of my clients are word by word of mouth on the business sure. side, so everybody found out about it. And I, it's not that they weren't supportive. Nobody just really said anything. So it wasn't yeah. as bad as I thought it was going to be. Right. That's what I found also. People just go about their days we always make it bigger than it already is yeah <laughs> we're just sensitive <laughs> yes <laughs> can you like can you share a client a reading obviously no names not asking that but that mm -hmm. really stuck with you that was amazing that would give the listeners some chills maybe yeah i one, the one that popped in my head as soon as you said that was I was doing a, a gallery reading, which is when you have multiple people, um, okay. you you receive evidence from someone on the other side that you share with a group of people, and mm -hmm. someone will say, you know, I, I, I that's my loved one. I was mm -hmm. doing a gallery reading with a small group of people, and I had this grandfather come through, and mm -hmm. he was very apologetic to his granddaughter. And I described him, you know, that he was this really affluent man, very big in the community, very prominent. And after his death, his family discovered something that was really traumatic about him. And he was very mm -hmm. sorry. And as I was sharing all this evidence, nobody was raising their hand to say, that's my loved one. Mm -hmm. And I could, he was such a strong presence that I could tell who it was for. So I, I said to the, the woman, um, I won't share her name, but I said, I really feel like this gentleman is for you. This grandfather's for you. And she was like, I'm just so shocked that I, I can't 
say anything. <laughs> she said, this is my grandfather. And she had taken a DNA test through, you know, one of the DNA tests. And mm-hmm. it came back showing all of these other relatives that she's related to. And she's like, who the heck are these people? It turned out that her grandfather had uh, another family. And um, for him to come through and apologize for this was such an impactful thing for her. And she was just, for me, it was so moving for for that to happen. What do you do when you get spirits that keep coming through with a message, but you deep down don't really, you have a feeling like you don't want to say it, relay that message because the person on the other side is not going to like it or is too scared or doesn't believe with it. How do you deal with a situation like that? Um, I think it takes, it takes some awareness about how the message is going to be received. Not that you you can't, you can't understand how someone's going to receive something, but you can be aware of how you say it and how it might Mm -hmm. be received. So I think that's, that is definitely something as a medium you have to keep in mind is, you know, what I call the emotional intelligence of things is because you, you, you don't want to filter things and you don't want to, you don't want to change things because you, you want to deliver it how the message comes through because it might not make sense to you. It might make sense to the receiver, but you right. also have to have some, some emotional intelligence with it and the, and the yep. way you deliver it. How can we work on our emotional intelligence as a medium? What would you, how how did you do it? I think that that that's just been a part of my my path in the school of hard knocks throughout my lifetime is my Very spiritual good. growth and development has has created that for me because I I needed that for my own personal development and it wasn't like I just that I'm going to go sign up for this emotional intelligence class that just developed <laughs> over time. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately it was, it was learning the hard way <laughs> through not right. having it. <laughs> um, but I, I believe that when you have an intention, so if it's something you feel like you don't have, or you'd like to develop, even just having the intention to say, I would, I would love to learn more about emotional intelligence so I can be a better medium. Mm-hmm. The The teacher will show up or the, you know, the way to learn it will show up for you. Uh, okay. So it's more about experiences and just having that intention and that desire and it'll come for you. Okay. That's I do advice. think so. You, you, you learn from, from when you don't. So if you do deliver a message that mm-hmm. you think I could have probably delivered that a little bit with a little bit more grace, you know, those are, yes. those are learning experiences. Exactly. Have more grace. There needs to be a lot of grace yeah. being, as being a medium. I wonder if you've been asked this question, but it's something that I've been wondering for a long time. How do you find the balance of being a working medium versus maintaining a sense of privacy? Um, when you mean privacy in, in my personal life? Everywhere. Everywhere? All, everywhere, yeah. Even with the spirit. <laughs> Well, that's called having really good boundaries. So as yeah. a medium, and that's something I learned from my very first mentor when I was studying mediumship is setting boundaries and honoring those. So just like you'd have, it's healthy to have boundaries with people that are living, mm-hmm. you also have to have boundaries with the spirit world because you don't want to be 
constantly receiving messages or being woken up in the middle of the night or, you know, there's some spirits you may not want to receive message from. So having those boundaries and knowing what those are and honoring them for yourself, I think is probably the foundational aspect of that. Um, and knowing that you don't have to be a medium 24-7. You can't be. You would, you would burn out. You know, that's, that's not the intention. So you, you as the instrument being the medium have to take care of your instrument, which is your mm -hmm. body, your mind, your spirit. So boundaries and, and uh, self-care, I think, are a, a big part of that. Absolutely. So uh, besides boundaries, how else do you protect your energy and cleanse between uh, sessions, before, after? What are your tips? Mm -hmm. Well, I have a I have spirit guides that I work with, and they have different different ways that that I work with them. I do have a um, several spirit guides that are my protection team when I'm doing a, a reading, or if mm -hmm. I'm doing like a gallery or any 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 readings that I'm doing. I have a, a spirit guide that's there, kind of like a bouncer that is protecting me from from what spirits. Are coming in, or you know, or or people pushing each other, you know, spirits pushing each other aside, trying to to come through. So, I have kind of a bouncer, I guess you could say. Um, I'm very intentional about my energetic setup and my space, um, my divine healing team that I work with. So it's it's all about intention and the practices that I do to keep my energy clear. Um, I also work with an energy healer that I know and trust to to also work with me. Good, good. What about crystals? I love crystals. Crystals <laughs> and oracle cards are are my addiction. My my husband will tell you. That I, I get a, a box from in the mail all the time. He's like, which crystal or card deck is this one? <laughs> <laughs> Is he also spiritual, or he's like completely on the other side? He's not. He well, he'll tell you he's not. I I I can tell you he has a, a good intuitive sense about him, but he would say that he doesn't, and he's a very practical, you know, facts based person. But he he supports everything I'm about and what I do. But he's not spiritual. Love that love. <laughs> so what's next for you? What's next for me is I am currently writing my next book Ooh. and developing a program. Okay. And it's it is more on the the shamanic healing side and helping people with mending the wounds of grief by working with the spirit world for healing and guidance. Do you work with people who are single and trying to find love as well? I don't. That's that's an area that that I don't feel called to serve in. Oh, okay. Maybe it'll change in the future. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I do I do help people connect with their loved ones on the other side, though, and that brings me a lot of joy. Oh, I love that. Uh, and can you just tell the listeners what services you offer so if they want to contact you, they'll know what to choose? Sure. Well, I offer evidential mediumship readings, and that is, as I mentioned, that helping you connect with your loved ones on the other side and delivering validating evidence um, to help you know that it's your loved one. I also offer astrology readings, and that a big focus on that is helping you with understanding 
who you are, why you're here, your gifts, your challenges, your soul purpose. And they also provide shamanic healing, which is, you know, working, helping you with through grief, through, you know, balancing and clearing your energy. And I also do some private mentorship with people who want to learn how to connect with their loved ones on the other side on their own. Love it. Great. And uh, where can people find you or reach out? My website is kimcoots.com. That's K-I-M-C as in Charles, O-O-T as in Tom, S as in Sam, dot com. And I have a free guide to signs from the other side on my website that people can enjoy if they'd like. Great. Thank you so much, Kim. It was so nice to talk to you. We'll be in touch with the date. Okay. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it and I appreciate you. Of course. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I just wanted to give you a friendly reminder. If you like what you're listening to, if you like my content, if you like my podcast episodes, I really appreciate ratings on Apple, reviews, subscribe, share to your friends, family, anyone you really think would benefit it. And thank you always for the support.